What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry of the Cats Paws. Derek, we have some breaking news tonight that we wanted to react to immediately. Joey Gatewood is eligible to play versus Ole Miss this Saturday if Mark Stoops wants to use him. He is, and uh, I saw Mark Stoops breaking that news. He was the first one who I saw. Uh, tweeted apparently the sec sent out a, an email tonight uh, i'm not on the email list but uh sent it out saying that all they, they had approved a number anyway of, of immediate eligibility waiver transfers within the conference uh the two big names obviously in terms of their position and where they came from joey gatewood former top 50 recruit uh we've talked about him plenty i think every uk fan is going to be familiar with him but like sean said if the situation arises or something happens to Terry Wilson and Kentucky wants to use Joey Gatewood they now have that ability to and then of course the other big news and it will become a factor uh in a few weeks because Kentucky plays them but Tennessee uh, Cade Mays the former five-star who had played the last two seasons at Georgia is the other big name who is now eligible but really a, a big deal I think and News that I think, Sean, we both expected to eventually be the case, although here recently, given some of the public comments from Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, I was a little sure of the timeline and when that was going to happen. But as it did turn out, it was just a few days after Kentucky went down to Auburn. So for the final nine games of the season, Kentucky's quarterback depth uh, is now better. And we talked about that and how they could use him this season and you know we'll get into all of that but we got to start with the the gentleman's agreement talk Derek uh, when you see the timing of this it comes out you know Mark Stoops obviously Monday knew what he was talking about when he mentioned that the SEC was planning to vote on that mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy Pruitt at the time said he hadn't heard that uh, but both those players you know getting that eligibility it's big for both teams uh, it's kind of unfortunate that Joey Gatewood wasn't available to play against Auburn but Cade Mays will be available to play against Georgia. So they play them next week, right? Um, Kentucky? Tennessee. Tennessee plays – They play Georgia soon, don't they? Isn't it early this season? Is it the following weekend? I think it might be. So he will actually get to play against his former team where Joey Gatewood didn't. Probably why Georgia was uh, hoping that this would not come out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be one motivated kid, given that his dad's had a lawsuit against the school, he's going to be ready to <laughs> ready to go against those guys. Yeah, Georgia and Tennessee play next Saturday, October tenth. So Good it is interesting. With that game, then coming off yeah. a tough game against Georgia, I'm sure. Not that yep. it's ever helped them in the past <laughs> in Knoxville. <laughs> no matter when the schedule set up. No, but so so that's interesting. Uh, Two. There was a gentleman's agreement 
I mean, I know some people will say that there's not, and some people say, well, it doesn't make sense. No, there, there was a gentleman's agreement. And how much do you think went into it, though, from the league side of things, that Auburn-Kentucky was the first matchup? Do you think, there had, you think they had anything to do with it at all? I sort of thought about that today. I think just my opinion, the way this went down, and I heard it from a very good source, someone who wouldn't have told me it and wouldn't have used that kind of the, the words that he used unless it was from – a very good source. I think probably back when that was first reported, I don't think Stoops thought the SEC hangup would take as long as it did. I think the thought was once the NCAA cleared them, the SEC would have made a ruling before Auburn. And I think that word was used because they just thought that he would be eligible already, that they would just choose not to use him, but that it would never come out that you know, even though he was eligible, the Cats didn't use him. But it took a little bit longer and where I do understand kind of where there might be some questions as to that is because there were other players in the same situation as Gatewood that you had to take into account. So do I think the SEC made Cade Mays wait an extra game just because of what was going on at Kentucky? I hope not. I hope that wasn't the case. Uh, in the end, the way I look at it, I mean, shoot, if you could approve them now, two, three days, four days, whatever it is after that first game, why couldn't you have done that last week, you know, leading into it? Yeah. So I don't like that they, you know, made them wait. Even if Kentucky had told Auburn they wouldn't use them, I mean, for for other kids who are in similar situations, I wish that it, they didn't have to wait. But if you ask those kids, I'm sure they're happy now that they get the chance to play the rest of the season. And it's a free year of eligibility anyway. So yeah, absolutely, uh, they'll and, be happy still. And and there was there was definitely a gentleman's agreement, whether or not all the gentlemen agree on it, but I can tell you, I can tell you one thing that all the gentlemen do agree with. And that is the butcher's pub is the place to be Derek. Uh, one location in Pineville, Kentucky, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky, even the ladies agree that the butcher's pub is the place to be. You got that Buffalo chicken sandwich, got those delicious wings, all those burgers, uh, drinks, get out there, open mic night, go watch Kentucky Ole Miss at the butcher's pub this weekend. Both those locations, one in Pineville, Kentucky, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky, if you don't know the address, you can visit thebutcherspub.com, get it there, put it in your phone. You'll be there in no time, so make it out there this weekend. But when we come back, we're going to talk about Joey Gatewood's impact at Kentucky, possibly, especially in the red zone. Derek, you're listening to Kentucky Daily. Call Bryant Law, 261-7381. This is attorney Jeremy Bryant. Have you been injured at work in the last 24 months? Contact Bryant Law. We want you to understand that every dime an insurance company keeps from you is another one they keep in their pocket. You're entitled to just compensation. So don't let the insurance company tell you what's proper. After all, you're the one who has been injured on the job. I'll evaluate your case and tell you the truth. Call Bryant Law in Corbin and get what you deserve. Visit online at jeremybryantlaw.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Kentucky Daily. Derek, we talked about how Joey Gatewood could possibly be used in this UK offense uh, this season if he were declared eligible. And now that he is, there is a package for Joey Gatewood that I think they've already been maybe looking at at practice. I think he sees the field this weekend in some capacity. Uh, Last weekend on the play after they ruled the touchdown, not a touchdown for Chris Rodriguez, Kentucky attempted a quarterback sneak there. I think around the one-yard line with Terry Wilson. We saw that that wasn't a success. That is where Joey Gatewood makes his biggest impact to me is in the goal line. This could be a kid, Derek, that 
he he probably he might not even play a hundred snaps, but he could rack up some touchdowns in some short yarded situations this year. Just with his size, he gets those pads moving. He's going to fall forward. That that could be the biggest impact. What do you think? Uh, didn't you? I think you said at some point, right? You thought he would be worth a win this season. I did. So we'll see if that comes uh, comes true now that he's there. I, I totally agree with you. One thing I'll be curious about is how much, in terms of this Saturday, obviously found out on Wednesday, perhaps Kentucky – I wouldn't be surprised, given how like, some of the comments that Stoops was having back on Monday makes me think they had been planning – you know, I think they were expecting he would be cleared this week. So I wonder if they haven't been practicing with him the whole week just with the expectation that maybe that would. So even going back to last week in fall camp, the one area, like you were saying, could help them in is those red zone type situations where you could use a bigger body in there to, to run the ball. Because that's not what Terry is. Um, Terry is a, a decent runner. I would say a good runner before his injury. And we'll see if that, you know, more athleticism, things like that comes about as he gets more comfortable playing on his repaired knee. But anytime you have a situation down here now and you want to use it, kind of that wildcat package, you have a, you have a guy who can do that. And I think if they've been practicing that formation, that's something that you could definitely see him getting out there on Saturday. Now, on the other hand, if since they only found out on Wednesday, if they haven't really used him this week, I think there would be some hesitancy to go out there and use him in such a critical situation near the goal line. But at the same time, I mean, I think the kids, you know, he's a good athlete. I think he can handle it, <laughs> whatever he decides to do. I think you probably – I don't know which way to lean yet just because I don't know. Like, I think tomorrow we might get some more clarity from Stoops as to how they've been handling him in practice. But to me, Sean, and what I kind of – I wanted to take this – as we mentioned it you know, either earlier this week or last week, if there is a scenario now where for whatever reason Terry Wilson can't play, whether it be an injury, COVID, anything like that, and it's more than, you know, just a game or more than a series, if it's, you know, potentially long-term. One of the questions I had last week was if it got into week four, week five, and Bo's been taking all those second string snaps, you probably don't have a – that's probably who you would go with. But now that we're just in week two – do you think that changes things as to if there was a long-term situation, who they would use? Well, I was actually about to ask you that. If you think that next Monday when we get the Mississippi State depth chart, will it say Joey Gatewood or will it say Bo Allen or will it say Joey Gatewood or Bo Allen? Uh, because obviously one of them has to be on there. And I don't know, Derek. I think it's interesting to see how much they use him this Saturday. Do I think they'll let him throw the ball? I don't. Maybe they will, but I do think that he's going to will play. Let's let's go ahead and get into the mailbag question. Uh, we did get, and we will do another mailbag on Friday's episode. We'll take five or six minutes and answer some additional questions. This is very we, short notice. Yeah. It was, but I'm going to go ahead and take this one from Trevor Williams. He actually sent one in last week too, so thanks, Trevor. This one is: What are the chances Gatewood sees the field against Ole Miss? Erica, like you said, we don't really know. I mean, I guess if Kentucky just never even has a red zone opportunity inside the 10-yard line or so. We might not see him at all, but there's going to be those short-yarded situations, Derek, where I think we could even see him in the middle of the field. I think he plays. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, I think just with an athlete like that, you need to use him in some kind of capacity. If it's not this week, I would I'll guarantee he'll be out there against Mississippi State just because you brought him in. You know, you're getting this free year of eligibility like we talked about. It's the best scenario, I think, for him. And I, th you know, I thought before you know, it came out that Bo Allen was doing so well that just the natural, uh, I guess, lineage, you would say, of the quarterback situation that he would have two years probably as a starter if it worked out the way uh, in terms of eligibility, you know, just given that he's going to be a sophomore this year. I thought if he didn't get to play, it wouldn't have been the wasted year. It just would have been like – it's just kind of free money, I think, using him this year. 
So he'll, I think he'll get some reps out there. Fans might get a better idea. Like you're saying, I don't know if he's going to drop back and throw a lot of passes or anything like that. But you'll be able to see his ability as a runner, I'm sure. We'll know well, that going into next season. I'll tell you the one benefit is you, you know Kentucky has guys in that quarterback room now that if something were to happen like last year, that they have, they have guys now. They don't have to, to dip into a wide receiver. But why, although it did work and it was tremendous, and I think that Mark Stoops, if you could tell him that he'd be that successful with a wide receiver at quarterback, he'd probably do it every single year just given how they were able to control the, the clock and everything. But having Joey Gatewood, Bo Allen, Terry Wilson there, and, I mean, even if you need it, Sawyer Smith. I mean, they have to feel really well about how, the way that room is uh, kind of lined up. And, Derek, I think he plays for sure. I think we see at least a couple of snaps. And even if they don't really do anything, maybe if he's just out there as a decoy, uh, at least you put it on film and then Mississippi State has to prepare for it, which in a coaching perspective, regardless of whether it's basketball, football, when you see something like that, you have to take the time the next week to prepare for it, which takes time away from some other things. And I, that's why I think you see him on the field this week for sure. Did you see some kind of situation? I was just thinking about this because Ole Miss did it last week. They had Matt Carell and John Reese, uh, John Rice Palmley on the field at the same time. Might you see some kind of packages where you could have both those guys on the field? If if as good of an athlete as Terry Wilson is, and we know that Joey got a pass last year in that exactly. game that he got hurt. <laughs> and we know that, and we know Joey Gatewood's a good athlete. They tried to throw the ball to Terry this past weekend. Yeah, that's true. I, I totally forgot about that too. Yeah, I really think that you could see that, and that's where even if you don't do it. Even if it's not successful, you do it, and you have to prepare for those things. That's that's why I think that Eddie Grand will use this, and they play things so close to the vest. We remember last year when they were moving Lynn to quarterback. We we had the two weeks where we we're like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? They don't show their hand at all because they want these teams to prepare. And now you know, here's Lane Kiffin. I'm wondering if this Ole Miss program is prepared at all, if they've went and looked at any kind of film on Joey Gatewood just in case that there's a situation where he does go oh, yeah. in the game. Because they have no film on Bo Allen. But now you have to attack now Thursday's practice, Friday's practice, a little differently, knowing that there is he's for sure cleared, and now you've got to at least be prepared for it. Yeah, I think that's a great point uh, that I hadn't really thought of, actually, for Ole Miss's perspective. Yeah, like like we're saying, I don't think it's going to be a huge part of the game plan. Like, I don't think it's going to be – you don't have to spend a whole practice probably worried about Joey Gatewood, but I'm sure it is something now that they will they will look at, they will discuss with their team tomorrow and, and Friday or whatever as they prepare for this game. But I think it's great news for the kid. I, I really do. I mean, Joey's case, you know, 10 years ago probably, like he wouldn't have gotten approved – shoot man maybe five years ago he wouldn't have gotten approved this stuff's changed so much over the last few years because it was a scenario where I mean to be frank you know he got beat out by Bo Nix and this this I don't know every circumstance surrounding that but he seemed to imply and he never said anything directly but the feeling that I always got from him is that Auburn told him some things that didn't turn out to be true now in the past that was not enough to get a waiver it is now I guess with kind of the relaxed uh, transfer restrictions and the main thing being that by this time next year, everybody's going to be allowed that one-time transfer anyway. So for Joey, I'm really happy for him uh, coming to Lexington, having to sit out another season would not have been something he wanted to do. And even now, as it seems, if you're asking me today, September or yeah, September 30th, like he's probably going to play the same kind of role that he played at, at Auburn last year. But the big difference, obviously, 
Terry will be gone after this season. So anything that he's doing this year is building towards his future as a potential starting quarterback starting in 21. And Derek, even in a limited role last year at Auburn, he found the end zone quite a few times, if yeah, I'm not yeah. mistaken. I think he scored five – or accounted for five touchdowns. Scored a touchdown against Oregon first game of the year. So, I mean, this this is a guy that he's been in pressure situations. And, I mean, he's wearing the number two, Derek. We know UK football history. That's a big number for a quarterback to wear. I mean, Tim Couch wore number two. Uh, so, it's definitely a lot to live up to for Joey. I know fans are excited to at least have it as an option if – if they need him, uh, he did tweet t- uh, tonight too. He says, I appreciate the SEC and NCAA along with UK athletics to be cleared for immediate eligibility this year. So good to see him come out, you know, and be appreciative of exactly this opportunity he has, you know, this is something this, this kid's been waiting on since last December. He's not a very big social media guy, is he? I think it was the first time he tweeted since March uh, yeah. when I saw that. So he's someone who, uh, if he's on there a lot, he's not tweeting a lot. He's not sharing many of his opinions. So. He's had five uh, tweets. He's had five, <laughs> five tweets since he announced he'll be transferring to the University of Kentucky. Wow. And that was on December 5th, 2019, Derek. And that feels like a lifetime ago. I wanted to share some of the things I kind of heard about Joey from some of the sources. Mainly, I mean, if there's a big question mark, I do think it's probably his accuracy in a, in a game. Just because we've not really gotten the chance to see that at Auburn, he didn't throw a whole lot. I think he was like five or seven throwing the ball uh, for over 100 yards. So, that I mean, the completion percentage there is good. Those were his final numbers. But a huge arm, though. Um, probably the most arm ta- like pure arm talent in terms of strength in the room. Obviously, he's a dual-threat guy. Uh, he's a big body. I know he had those comparisons to Cam Newton. I think that was probably natural with where he was going to school. Um, obviously, his body, size. his body size. Yeah, those are huge comparisons for a guy at that program who won a national championship. Probably unfair. So, I don't know. I don't know what kind of comparisons I would give before I see him play. But I thought at the time when he committed, it was such an intriguing option. And, and back then, I didn't really account for – what I would say now from talking to some of these same people is that Bo Allen has been probably better than advertised. So I really feel like now Kentucky is in a spot where any of those three guys, I'm not saying it'd always be pretty, but I don't think, I think any of those guys could win a game for you though, Sean, especially against a team like Ole Miss or, you know, down the road, Vanderbilt, Missouri teams like that. Um, It's really a good spot to be in compared to how bad it was last season in terms of the quarterbacks. Yeah, it's a, it's a completely different situation. It's almost like Kentucky went to bed and woke up, and they just have a, yeah. just plenty of guys that can play at that position. And you, I just don't know, Derek, if the it's just such a weird situation that they were in last year, and that's what makes it, I think, even bigger. The way that they were even able to finish last season on a high note is that now they're in this situation where it would take a lot of things to happen for them to be in a situation similar to last season, but. You know, the U.K. release here when they sent out, you know, the news with the media advisory that he'll be a sophomore. I mean, technically he's a freshman, right? If he takes this year in red shirts, he could get four years at Kentucky, pretty much four full seasons. So it'll be interesting to see if he does take that year, though. I mean, we don't know that for sure, but it'd be kind of – I think it'd be kind of strange if they didn't just take it. It it would be interesting. I mean, so far the early returns, at least from this year, seniors, like very few people at Kentucky. As a matter of fact, nobody at UK, and it's not really something that's being asked either. But the people who have been asked, uh, and it's only been a few, Max Duffy, Terry Wilson, they've all said that they wouldn't be using it. I don't think Drake Jackson's going to use it. Maybe somebody does. I mean, Phil Hoskins, if he wants to stay for his, like, eighth year of college, maybe he'll <laughs> he'll do that. I don't know. But that that's where it's going to be interesting, like – 
because you kind of think of it this way. I don't, I'm a little nervous to project what the world might be like four years from now in terms of what the pandemic, the, the college landscape, I think it's hard to predict how much it's been changing, but we could be in a spot where like for a guy like, uh, I'll just use any redshirt for JJ Weaver. We'll use him as an example, like four or five years from now, COVID might just kind of be a, a distant memory. And like, maybe their careers would have been, you know, what they wanted it to be. And they won't really feel the need to stay for another year. But that's, to me, that's the interesting group because for these next few classes, like I think COVID will still be a thing where they're basing their decisions. But Bo Allen, five years from now, you know, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say, like, I don't, I just don't it, know if it's it going to be as, as much of a thing. Yeah. I hope it, I mean, surely, I hope it's not a thing five years from now. It's as extreme as it is now. It, it does make sense. And, and two, we've talked a lot of football on this. Let me ask you this too. Seeing this rule, do you feel more confident that Kentucky and Olivier Saar on the basketball side of things, do you, do you feel more confident that he gets a waiver now? If the whole idea is that the college landscape is, is changing and that one time stuff's going to be passed anyway, then yeah. But in terms of tonight, it was, it was basically the interconference, the conference, the uh, transfers within the same league. Whereas of course he's coming from Lake Forest. I don't think today's rulings necessarily apply to him, but, if the SEC is, is going to approve most of these, well, I don't know if they've denied anybody really well, uh, if, to this point. Well, now that we know the NCAA's already approved Olivier Saar, and now it's an SEC decision, do you kind of yeah. – that's where I was getting at. Do you kind of expect them to lean? Because here's the thing. It would significantly hurt one of the top teams in the SEC, and I just don't see Greg Sankey in the league office taking a hit, where yeah. especially after a year where there was an NCAA tournament, they want Kentucky to be among the elite in college basketball right there with Tennessee and Florida and all these teams are expected to be a lot better than they were last year. If the NCAA is out of the way, I think it's a pretty safe bet that the SEC is eventually going to clear him. And and then two, how much does it help that Cal has kind of done everything that the SEC's asked? They hasn't had any problems at Kentucky. Do you think they look at that too and maybe give him kind of a, you know, since he's, he's been an ambassador for the league ever since he's been the head coach at Kentucky. He's he is uh, stood on the table for a lot of bad teams who didn't deserve it. <laughs> I'll say yeah. that he's uh, always been a big proponent of the league, even when years where you or the league shoot man. Some years they didn't have what more than three, if that. SEC and teams. he and he went to the podium every game saying we got to the eight or nine teams that deserve to be in, and they're it was pushing deserving four. Uh, but I honestly, Derek, I think that we're getting to the point that we should probably expect that news sooner rather than later official practice starts here pretty soon so i, I think, think a week or two longer than yeah that, i think it's around the middle I, I think that they should know before official practice begins they have to know there's no way that they let that go any longer than that and then to one more note on the men's basketball side i don't know if you looked at the photo shelter recently but they posted some photos from practice and Derek there was one guy who stood out to me and, and if photos are any indication and to me, if you're in photos in basketball, it means one thing you're near the basketball or yeah. you're near the rim. Lance Ware was dunking everything. And then he, there was actually a picture of him rejecting Olivier Saar at the rim. That's not a bad thing. If, if he's, if he becomes an option. No, I don't, I don't know what to expect from some of those freshmen. I mean, Ware is probably the least talked about guy I would say, because at least with Jackson, like, well, one, he was talked about because he was the last guy to get to campus, so he was on everybody's radar because of that. And then two, just his shot blocking ability was has been discussed a lot. Lance Ware, though, was was I don't think projected as that kind of guy coming out of high school, known for his defense. But 
like he talked about in that photo shelter, you can see him uh, rejecting SAR. You know, these guys have a way about them once they get to Lexington and they realize that, you know, to find your way into John Calipari's heart, you're going to have to play some good defense. And if you want to get out there, you play good defense, you'll, you'll probably get your chances. And a guy like Ware, I mean, he's going to play regardless because they're so thin. The he's an impressive. Court. He's an impressive looking guy too. And when you see him in photos, he's you can tell he right? has a yeah. You can tell he has a lot of length to him. Uh, so I, I think that that might bode well for Kentucky. Maybe it'll be interesting the next time we talk to Cal that we can ask him about Lance and how the roster uh, looks. But Derek, another solid episode here. I know that has been some news that Kentucky fans were waiting on for months now with Joey Gatewood, so we can finally get that behind us, and now we can start talking about his impact on the field, and whenever he does take the field, it should be an exciting snap, because, I mean, that's it's a guy that we're going to be looking for to walk out on the field Saturday at Kroger Field, uh, but this has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. We'll see you tomorrow. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.